Welcome to Dry Clean Only, conversations on fashion and style. This is episode four, where we interview Indre Rockefeller, the co-founder of New York-based brand Paravel, a chic, timeless, forward-thinking luggage, bags, and organizers brand that has reimagined the idea of travel goods and has a serious commitment to sustainability in their products and brand. Dry Clean Only is a new podcast developed by myself, Kristen Cole, and my partner, Christina Ehrlich. All right. Good morning, Christina. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Here we are, the Christmas countdown. I know. And your skin still looks amazing. Am I a little dewy still? A little glowy, a little dewy. Um, how, how was everything yesterday? You hosted a, a Barbara Strum, Dr. Barbara Strum event, right? So it was really fun. I have a very close girlfriend working and sort of spearheading a lot of the events and the sort of VIP stuff that goes on for the salon and for Barbara. Mm-hmm. And they offered me to invite eight to 10 people to have an intimate experience at her her little freestanding boutique right over here in West Hollywood. And it was really beautiful. You walked in and this whole table was set up with individual police servings. But instead of there being a plate to have your meal, it was all set up to have your, the things that you needed to wash your face and be a part of the demonstration and the lecture. So, and I just had, you know, girlfriends of mine that are in the industry and different elements and you know, a little moment to spoil themselves and really get a little bit more of an introduction to who Dr. Barbara Strum is, where she comes from, why what she's doing with skincare right now is so important. I'm definitely a devotee. And I will tell you that I think as a lot of women, and I think you and I both adhere to this same um, mentality, she's a really big advocate of hydration and anti-inflammatory. So I think it's, those are two words that we hear so much of now in the beauty landscape. Her methods and practices sort of behind all of this are very straightforward and easy and make sense. So did you um, get any treatment done while you were there? We, they walked us through a whole, they walked us through a lot of the different, we did a mask. We did, uh, learned about the spray. We learned about all of the creams and they sort of walked us through the whole line and talked about, again, the most important thing of having your skin always being in a state where it's breathing Mm -hmm. and it's moisturized and it can receive hydration. The products have no fragrance. And, you know, I can't really tell you a few of my favorite products because I'm just going to say, what do you use? Okay. Every day I have in my car, the mist and the mist is just really great. Say it's four or five o'clock and you're going to meet somebody just alone, spray this mist on your face. It gives your face like a little bit of a wake up. Yeah. Um, I love that. Last week I was in an an evening fitting and we took a break and I washed my hands and I just put some of the anti-aging cream on. Mm-hmm. And my client said to me, what, it, what is going on with your skin? And I yeah. said, oh, I just put some moisturizer on. So yeah. there's this incredible ingredient called purslane. And mm-hmm. it's um, almost, it's a vegetable. 
You can put it in your salads, but it's one of the key ingredients that Barbara works with that has a lot to do in relaxing the skin. Well, yeah, your skin still looks amazing. And you looked great when I saw you yesterday, right after the event. So yeah, I'll I'll say is great is that a lot of women in our age range, my group of women have had minimal work done. It doesn't mean that we haven't had a little bit of Botox here and there. So I think what's beautiful, I've always admired seeing women who have aged naturally and beautifully is that it's really just about understanding how to care for the actual skin itself. And that the the radiation of that is what you get. So no, I'm into it. I'm super into skincare and, you know, I'm sure I've told you this, but I I used to get a little Botox and a little Restylane, um, just to kind of get my, you know, um, like frown lines and all of that kind of stuff up, you know, between my eyebrows, whatever that is. Uh, during the pandemic, I stopped doing all of that and I look the same. (laughs) I'm less stressed. I'm more hydrated. I travel less and I'm pretty sure, you know, just through hydration, sleep and better skincare, I think I look the same pretty much. So it's because your face is relaxed and the, the eight hours of sleep thing. I don't think we all are able to do it. Um, all the time. No, it's a game changer. The most important thing to learn, and this is a different conversation, when we have the opportunity to actually get Barbara on our podcast, Mm -hmm. we can have her address this, is she has an incredible line now called the V line. Okay. And that is V as in vagina. Yeah. And it is an incredible line all about just sort of like with soaps and with serums and about staying away from fragrance and chemicals. And, uh, and I think she's really at the forefront and very excited about teaching people. I love that. Well, I don't use the line myself, but I used to, I used to sell it at, you know, in a few of my 4510 stores and it's, uh, you know, it has a huge cult following and I, you know, I think it's super effective. So I'm excited to try it at some point. The brands I'm super into in the, you know, kind of skincare landscape are generally green. I mean, do you know Mario Badescu? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been using that. I mean, honestly, since Sense, NYU. Sense, since NYU. Yeah. As a matter I mean, of fact, the packaging alone, it's so story, it's such a pharmaceutical. Story yeah. Pharmaceutical. I've had facials clinical. there. I've had facials there and uh, yeah, it's yeah, almost that's, the same as like Kiehl's was, but they yeah. really sort of stayed. They stayed true to what they are. And yeah, I feel like that's such a kind of old school New York, you know, cult brand. And yeah, I started using it in my teens or twenties. It was a huge indulgence at the time, but I was, you know, so hooked on it. And I still use rose and aloe kind of anti-inflammatory mist. And I love it so much. Another line I go back to all the time is Tata Harper, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, is in your cabinet too. Um, I, I sold that for many years. It's non-toxic and cruelty-free and everything, you know, just smells incredible. I use their face serum, which I love. Augustinus Bader. I don't know if you've ever gotten into that, but the rich cream is, first of all, I mean, very luxurious product. It's very expensive, but you know, that cream, it's like when you coat your face in that thick cream, it is plump. It is glassy. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible. I don't use it every day, but I I do love that. Um, and then true botanicals. I think we've talked about that before, but I, yeah, I got into that a couple of years ago before 
Olivia Wilde, um, cause I had met the owner, uh, from San Francisco and yeah, it just, it's really fragrant smells, you know, like flowers it's, you know, non-toxic natural organic and yeah, just a really nice line, but yeah, Olivia Wilde is their brand ambassador. And I don't know if you've seen the Vogue January cover she's on it. She looks incredible. So she's yeah, also so, got a very young boyfriend right now. So. I know that's probably <laughs> helping Let's just be honest here yeah. that, you know, when you talk about like hydration and you know, yeah. all of it, she's, she's good. She, yes. Um, but anyways, so yeah, we're full on holiday season, super busy for me here in New York, everything, almost everything I was invited to this week uh, has been canceled. Everyone mm. here has the flu or has COVID. And, you know, they have the new variant and this is, you know, vaccinated people who maybe didn't get their booster yet. I feel like it's kind of, you know, running rampant. I have dinner tonight at Frenchette, which I think I'm eating inside, but I'm, I'm starting to kind of peel back and think I'm not going to do too much more just because I feel like every, every day I'm hearing about someone else getting sick. So, I mean, listen, you know, I was supposed to be on the red eye last night. My whole trip has canceled and there've been parties at the wazoo and I've gone to none of them. As a yeah. matter of fact, I mean, I was going to go to an incredible thing this evening at the MoMA mm. for Chanel right. and was so looking forward to it, honoring Penelope Cruz, but it's just with travel right now. And you're yeah. right. Everybody has the flu. Everybody has COVID and things. And things I, are when you say, off, when yeah. you're talking about dinners in this there, yeah. nobody I know is having dinners and parties over here. Yeah. Like it's falling off like a cliff this week. So, you know, that's okay. I'm not mad at that. I want to kind of um, hibernate for a couple of weeks anyway. So today we're talking to Indre Rockefeller from, she's one of the co-founders of Paravel, the travel luggage brand. You know, we're both fans of it. I never worked with them. I never carried them. They're a DTC brand, uh, super impressive brand, but you have some relationship to it, right, I, Yeah, Christina? I actually, I love the line. I've been sort of a part of the line since its inception, have had the products for a while and cool. they're really fun, sort of the sustainability element to them. They've got a very lightweight hand, clean, very modern, Classic. very accessible. Yeah. It's really about sort of organizing yourself. And over the four or five years that I've had them, They've been everything for like kit supplies, clothing supplies, ribbons. I think, you know, like the way we had lines years ago, like Le Sport Sac, mm-hmm. one of those brands, it, it's a little quiet, but yeah. it's getting louder and they're yeah. really hitting a lot of different categories right now. And it has almost the way like, you know, Goyard in Paris has everything out of that fabric. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of a, it's like a heritage brand. It's yeah. about being something for everybody. It's obviously a different price point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got a European, yeah, it definitely has, you know, this very kind of like old world classic, you know, feel to it. And I was, you know, deep diving on their Instagram, uh, before the interview and it, it definitely feels like they are, you know, making that effort to connect to that glamour of, of style and travel, you know, and they have like one, uh, picture of this, um, train that is called the Bellman trains of England. Oh my God. It's like the Orient Express. It's like this very old school, gorgeous train that goes throughout the English countryside. Kind of want to take my kids on a big European vacation this summer. If we're allowed to travel when they're both vaccinated, uh, depending on what happens. Um, I mean, my kids would love to go on a train ride through, you know, England. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? It was so chic. I don't know if they even allow children, but 
anyway, so yeah, there's this beautiful style with the brand. And I think that's something that, you know, drove both of us to, you know, wanting to talk to Indre, you know, more importantly, there's this huge sustainable element to the brand. They have a goal of being a hundred percent sustainable, but also a regenerative brand in the near future. They have, you know, sustainable materials. They do all of these different initiatives where they give back and, you know, they've planted 166,000 trees with the Eden projects, which is it's incredible, incredible. And, you know, just kind of baked into, into their business model. And then they also have some carbon neutral products, which I thought was really interesting. You know, they're made from sustainable materials. They're really nice. They're buying offsets through the gold standard um, org and, you know, creating a completely carbon neutral product. So Anyways, it just seems really impressive, all of the work they're doing. So excited to talk to her. Yeah. Well, let's loop her in. And Indre, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the pod. You know, after the climate, the UN Climate Summit and COP (laughs) and all of that, we were like, we need to get a little more into sustainability. Obviously, that's a, a thread everyone is touching on, but looking through and seeing who's, you know, really building that into their business model in a meaningful way as a B Corp or, you know, however they're doing it is just very topical right now. So um, thanks for joining us. Of course. Well, this is my passion. So I am, I, we can talk all day long about this. I'm excited to speak about it. So I was watching the new Sex and the City last night uh, and just like that. And I, I won't give my overall opinion because it doesn't really matter, but Right when they open, they're having lunch. The girls are having lunch at the Whitney and Carrie is no longer a journalist. She's a podcaster. And I was just like, oh my God. And she's like, podcasts are the new jury duty. Everyone's got to do it. And I was just like, great. This is amazing. This is my life. But um, pretty. Well, we we did see in some some um, of the outtakes that Miranda is wheeling a pair of L suitcase. Uh, We haven't seen it, I haven't seen this series yet, so I'm not sure if it made the cut, but definitely it was being filmed. And she was with Grown Up Brady. Oh, and yes. she's oh, rolling the Paravel suitcase. And we were, you know, you take all these quizzes, you know, like 10 years ago, you used to take quizzes like which character are you? I know. Turns out Paravel's the Miranda, and I'm very into that. But I didn't see it. I watched the first two episodes because those are the first two that have dropped. And then um, I did see your luggage in succession. Yes, we we uh, were being uh, escorted. We the luggage was being yeah. escorted into an Italian villa, which felt uh, appropriate. Very good. Very I, good. I love that show too. I hate all the characters, and I love absolutely love the show. And it's, oh, it's um, such a so like, it was fun to see that. Yeah, wonderful, guilty pleasure. Um, okay, so let's just jump right into sustainability, since that's kind of what we're here to talk about. Um, you know, I follow you on Instagram. I don't know how I've found you probably just through Paravel, but originally I saw that you were taking classes at the Columbia Climate School. So that's just something I'm super interested in personally. Um, and can you just talk to us a little bit about what you're doing there? Sure. So I'm in a full-time master's program at Columbia Climate School. They, I'm the inaugural class, part of the inaugural class uh, that just started this September. And um, it's, it was something that I sort of came across last winter. And I think a lot of people during all these lockdowns and um, moments of reassessing our sort of personal values and whatnot, I was having some version of an existential crisis and trying to figure out how I can 
um, really sort of live my values and understand and, and climate and sustainability have been something that I've been focused on in my personal life and at Paravel in a professional way and realizing that I understood a lot about sustainability on a surface level yeah. and really wanted to challenge myself to see what it would look like if I pushed myself in sort of uncomfortable ways to understand this crisis and the science behind it in a yeah. really meaningful way and how that would shape my approach to my personal choices, my professional choices. Um, and my co-founder, Andy, was extremely supportive. I came to him sort of early on when I had the idea and, you know, he has very much um, been an ally here in this process of sort of applying and, and attending and multitasking. Um, so it is something that has been an amazing challenge and really rewarding. I'm taking every, you know, everything from climate physics to sort of thinking about more of the anthropological approach to climate and how um, we manage and adapt a society. And it's really um, climate and society that is sort of the, the master's degree. So it is both understanding the climate science of it and then sort of the applications and impacts to society. And I, uh, I'm just in finals period right now. So oh I... Well, best, best of luck. Oh, God, I can't. Thank you. I have, you know, emailed them about their non-degree program and their master's program. And I've been just curious about maybe even dipping in, you know, for some online classes. And it seems like an amazing school. I'm just super impressed with it. Yeah. And Columbia has been great. Historically, they have a lot of uh, amazing institutions. They've, mm -hmm. you know, the Earth Institute and um, Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory. They've had these wonderful um, hubs for climate science. And it's really exciting that they're able to pull it together into one new school. And it's the first new school they've opened in 40 years. Really impressive. Well, um, bravo on that. Can well, we'll we see talk? when I get my grades back from yeah. this semester before you <laughs> like, get bravo. Don't get ahead of yourself. Um, so with Paravel, um, how many years ago did you start the brand? We started just over five years ago. I think it's like dog years <laughs> because it feels like it's been a lot longer than that. Totally. But Fashion feels like dog ears, yes. dog ears in general. Yes. Um, so Indre, in terms of yeah. uh, your background, how did you come into the fashion and design like landscape of it all? So I was actually a professional ballet dancer before I was in the fashion industry. Uh, it, ballet was my first passion. It was my first love. I sort of grew up wanting to be a ballet dancer and was able to do that and sort of consider those years very much a gift, something that still shapes me today. But I had a herniated disc in my back that ultimately cut my career a bit short. And I was drawn to the fashion industry. I think it was, you know, when I think back at the time, I didn't really connect the dots, but ballet had given me this experience through costumes and storytelling of sort of the magic of this transformative nature uh, of, of costumes, you know, and stories. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think that that those are some of my earliest memories in ballet and last memories in ballet and how you could step onto stage a completely different persona because of both what you were wearing and the music and the choreography. And so I think I was drawn to that very artistic, expressive uh, aspect of and, and creative aspect of fashion. And I think the costumes were a sort of direct connection there. Uh, and I ended up 
in uh, working at Vogue as Anna Winter's first assistant. So that was my education uh, and introduction into an industry, which was which was an amazing way to see the, uh, all aspects of the industry. I find, you know, I come from a dance background myself and I danced until I was about 27, 28. And I just made a choice that I wanted to be on the other side of the camera. But I really know that for people that find dance young, that it's such a combination of elements that can definitely influence and stay with you. Uh, it's this sort of tactile sense memory, repetition every day. I think a lot of people that are drawn to fashion do sometimes come from either acting or dance. It's a very natural sort of symbiotic connection. And I, I can see so that with your luck. You know, I can see that actually in the way that you guys design the, the pieces in the lines and the sort of the, the design and it's very specific, but it's also very subtle. And the detail, attention to detail, I think. That, and, and when I think about what ballet has taught me, you know, the other big takeaway is really this dedication to your craft and this notion that you're never done. You come in as a professional dancer, as a student dancer, wherever you are, you come in and you start with class every single day. And I think there's something at psychologically the about that. You are at the bar, you start from first position, every day you are a student of your craft and you never get to check boxes and say I'm done no matter what level you achieve it's something that you continue to build on there's no such thing as being finished there's no such thing as being perfect and you're it's it's a humbling um art form and I think that that is one of the best sort of elements of training that I've received both to be an entrepreneur or to to tackle any challenges. This idea that you're always a student of your art form and it can be the same thing can be applied to sustainability. The way we look at it at Paravel is we're always working on this. We're never done. It's really this idea that we have to constantly be working and iterating and pushing forward and caring about the details. It's in the process. Yeah, it is that a work sort of the progress. art happens. I was just going to say, how have your materials changed or your, you know, kind of features of the brand changed over the last five years? I see you have eco canvas and all of these things you guys have developed. That it has changed a lot. What's been important to us is to be transparent about it throughout the whole process and to say to our our community, you know, come along with us. This is what we're working on. This is what we're doing. Uh, it started with this idea of natural materials mm -hmm. and evolved over time to be more innovative and you know thinking about the material science of it and now we work on a lot of materials that have all of our materials have sort of recycled or upcycled components so we have this sort of net what we call negative nylon and that's made of 100% post consumer upcycled or recycled water bottles. Cool. We have EcoCraft, which is woven with recycled water bottles and then coated in an environmentally friendly silicon coating. They're all certified. You know, there's different certifications for um, environmental sustainability. OecoTex is, for example, one of them that everything is certified. We use recycled vegan leather. Our suitcase, which is sort of the first like carbon neutral suitcase is made from you know, recycled zippers, recycled aluminum, recycled polycarbonate, lining made from recycled plastic water bottles. So really looking at every element of every piece of, of, every, of every product and seeing what's where, where's the maximum that we can push and where's the innovation and where can that happen? 
And it's really well articulated on your site, which I love because sometimes, you know, because I know so many designers and I've carried them for so long, I'm like, I know they're doing these things and why aren't they talking about it? Or why is it not in, you know, every product detail? And I do think on your site, you know, even just the, how many, you know, water bottles you've used or, you know, everything to date, it's really nice. And I do think it really drives that point home, you know, for shoppers. Yes, thank you. And a lot of that is also an opportunity for education. You know, we're on this path of learning and the opportunities are changing day to day in terms of what's out there, what, what, what you know, plant-based materials are coming out, how, what the maximum biodegradability is of various materials. And so as we learn, we want to share as much as we can with our community and our customer base, because we found that a lot of people want to learn alongside us. And that's been yeah. nice. That's cool. Do you feel, what do you feel like is your, do you feel like your competition in your space is more fashion brands or more of like the luggage brands? Like re, like I'm a Rimawa girl because I used to travel so much and that was always my brand of choice. But now that I'm looking at yours, I'm like, oh my gosh, of course I would be buying this instead. You know, it's hard to say because a lot of the traditional luggage brands are very much based on one or two key styles. Like, you know, you think of a wheeled luggage, a lot of the, the traditional luggage brands, you, you, that's it's luggage first. And we actually, when we launched, we didn't even have wheeled luggage for the first few years. We la- launched with a lot of these everyday um, bags, totes, duffels, backpacks, things like that. And we wanted pouches. to- Pouches. Pouches, exactly. And we wanted to establish this credibility with our customer, first of all, because the expectations on wheeled luggage on performance are really high and people want to trust that the wheels work and the zippers work and they're lightweight and they're resilient. They can be knocked around, but also we wanted to establish ourselves a bit apart from this idea that you come to us when you have long distance travel or, you know, this airport experience and you're going to experience this on the luggage carousel. It really, we wanted to underscore this idea that travel can be anything. Travel can be your commute to work. It can be a picnic in the park with your family. It can be a weekend getaway. It can sort of be try experiencing a restaurant, in a new part of town. And so having, yeah. And, and so starting with these products that really were meant to live alongside you every day, as opposed to be something that's left in the storage unit for when travel comes up was important. And we were able to add in the luggage component, sort of wheel luggage components once, once we established that. Um, relationship or, or, you know, so I think that that has um, helped us stand apart a bit. And so there are elements that have this everyday tote or everyday handbag feel. There are organizers, cosmetics cases, there are um, packing cubes, and then there are the wheeled luggage and the duffels and the uh, backpacks and things like that. So it's a little of everything. It, It lets us play across the field. Yeah. Wanderlust, you know, we all have it. I mean, I do for sure. Um, Just been a lot of, you know, local road trips and, you know, easy travel for me for quite a while. Um, What was the last best holiday you took and and, or what are you looking forward to doing? So it's been a while since I sort of traveled. I used to be on the road all the time and things definitely slowed down as they did for everybody. Um, But I'll tell you, there's a the trip, and I've spoken about this a lot, but there's a trip that I took that really changed my perspective on sort of climate and sustainability. And that was a trip I I took with the Nature Conservancy on a polar, I went on a polar expedition with the Nature Conservancy to Antarctica. And that 
was something that completely shifted how I viewed the urgency of the climate crisis, my role or potential role in, in this crisis and the opportunities because we're still in this window where we can mitigate a lot of this, a lot of the worst effects of climate change. And I had at the time uh, just had um, recently had my second child and was thinking about the world that my children and all children will inherit and um, what we're leaving behind and how we're treating people now who are already affected by climate change and it being in Antarctica, being in this place that is almost like going to the moon, it's, it's so uh, pristine and, and there's no tangible sort of human footprint. Um, being there with climate scientists, with glaciologists, with marine biologists and watching them both take in the, the data, but also share what they were observing was, was just sort of shook me in a, in a, in a very profound way. And, and I think that I've that, I, I tell that story because we, I didn't have service for the two weeks we were out. Obviously there are fortunately no cell towers yeah. in Antarctica. There shouldn't be, I hope there never will be. Um, so when we got back to Argentina, I called my co-founder and told like, I, it was, immediate. It was my first call. And we sort of had a conversation about how sustainability couldn't be a priority. It had to be the priority. The shift to making sustainability the lens through which we view everything and made every decision was sort of the result of that experience. And that I think has really helped us make these sort of big steps forward, because it's not about here's a project we're working on this on the side. It is, this is how we evaluate every single opportunity, every detail of every product, every partnership, every sort of everything we do. I have to say, I really respect the the, the term that you used about urgency. And I'll tell you um, with my day job being a stylist, it's um, a conversation that's very active and very relevant in our office. And Besides from the fact that, you know, people want to spend a lot less money on all of this now, we really have the conversation with brands about what we're shipping and the time frame that we're shipping in it. And, you know, can the clothes actually be transferred to somebody locally in town who can use them instead of them going from LA back to New York and then going back to LA and just our, our supplies, you know, our boxes, the paper, the tissue, reusing it all until it can't be used again. And for both of you that have children, you know, I don't, I think so much about, you know, when you're, when the kids are grown up, like what, what will they be teaching their kids? You know, will they have, will they have fish? Will there be, you know, and it's, it's really things we take for granted. Yeah, sure. Big time in your collection. I can say it with my my zip pouches that I have, because I have the ones that you did in the beginning that come like in three. I take yeah. them everywhere and I use them for styling. I use them for personal and they just help me organize. And I've had them now, like probably at least three years, I think they're perfect. Oh, I love hearing that. The packing yeah. cubes, we you know it was interesting during, there was obviously a, you know, March, 2020 was a hard time for everybody yeah. Blood um, <clears throat> as a, as a business 
as a travel business, we really, there was one point where my co-founder and I looked at each other and thought, who could have scripted it? But I guess this is the end. I mean, how, you know, we're, right. we're travel is done. Yeah. We're travel, travel yeah. is done. And, you know, sort of like a pleasure doing business with you moment. And the packing cubes were the first sort of indication that our sort of community was was rallying around us. People were buying them. They were organizing their closets. They they were organizing their drawers um, with them. Then started the tote bags and the cabana totes. They were taking them to on grocery runs. They were using them for picnics in the park. And but it was these sort of time tested products that people went back to. And yes, they weren't traveling, but they were sort of incorporating them into their everyday life, even though life had been altered so drastically. And that was for us as co-founders sort of thinking that we were looking at the end. It was just so moving to have people rally behind us and write these amazing notes and saying, you know, sort of keep up what you're doing. So we believe in you. It's just, it, it still gives me the chills just thinking about how people really rallied around each other during that time. But I always think about the packing cubes as that first indicator of the fact that people were finding ways to adapt. Yeah. Those packing cubes basically kind of equate with just back to basics. Yeah. I think that, you know, that expression, like they say that you can tell your mental state by like the, if your, your sink has dishes in it, I think. Or by the inside of your handbag. Right. And if you (laughs) look inside of your handbag and you have things to organize, it's, it's also the way you organize your brain. And then to know that the product that you're carrying and buying and investing is also respecting the planet. It's just, it's a very thoughtful and a poetic. Do you, um, do you read the news or the publications gift, the travel publication? I don't. I, I don't either. Um, I was reading about it on business of fashion, which I do read every morning and it's an industry rag for the travel industry and the founder was giving this talk about you know all of the stats in tourism and in travel globally and apparently you know tourism is you know obviously not back travel is happening you know more need-based but the rise in local travel is just like you know through the roof so have you guys Um, And I know for me, it's like, if it's within two hours, three hours of New York, I'm there, you know, that's been my whole MO the past two years. Have you pivoted in terms of your product offering for even more of the weekenders or, you know, in terms of pivoting, we were pretty, we didn't, but we didn't really have to. And I guess that is what the fortunate position we were in. We didn't want to launch new product into this uncertain time. So we already had these products tied to sort of this everyday exploration um, moments, as I mentioned, you know, we already had belt bags and backpacks and um, smaller personal sort of items and organizing items, as we talked about that people were using. And the only product that had been slated to launch that we didn't, we had already had the inventory for. So we decided to launch was the Cabana tote. And it's Mm. sort of this simple sort of, bring to the beach eco canvas canvas yeah exactly with stripes on the webbing and we had low we didn't have any expectations of anyone we weren't you know we just put it out there and it ended up being this runaway success because I think again people were using that to go grocery shopping with people were using that for picnics they were throwing in the back of their car kids stuff same with sort of our belt bags you saw you know people would write about how they're just sort of like wallet keys phone masks 
hand sanitizer type fit and hands-free. So when you need to make a quick run somewhere, so we didn't have to pivot the change in the business that, that it did create was doubling down on our values and saying, you know, when you face these moments where you realize that, that travel isn't a given, you know, sort of what, what is our purpose? What, what is the experience? What are the values? What are, what are we um, connecting over, you know, it's not about just selling more bags. If, if it's more than that, then, then how do we live those values in a way? And um, so I think that the, any pivoting was more just sort of a doubling down on, on values. I love that. I feel like we keep on hearing that from, from different designers and it really restores my faith in what's to come because no longer is everyone just kind of chasing, you know, what's commercial, what's sellable, what's, you know, driving traffic. It's like, everyone's kind of getting into like, if this is what I'm here for, this is what I'm going to do. And I think that'll be um, really interesting to see play out, you know. You know, there's this quote, I think it's Dr. Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson, who's sort of one of my climate science heroes, but she said once on her on the podcast that we don't all have to do everything, but we should each do something. Yeah. And I think it's that approach, right? Single-handedly for any individual, it's hard to, or even a company, right, to solve do everything, right. do everything and solve a crisis, sort of, if you think about climate. But it is our, as a business, our responsibility to quantify and minimize our carbon footprint and offset you know, we're a carbon neutral company. We spent a lot of time making sure that we understood what our outputs were so we could offset them and, and also work on reducing them on our material science, on, you know, sort of what organizations we were supporting. Um, and so that we had time to, to really sort of dig in and, and on that. Uh, but that idea of each doing something is different for everybody. But I, I sort of have always liked that yeah. quotation a lot. I love that. Well, it makes it a little more um, palatable and approachable because, yeah, the the whole subject can be very intimidating and overwhelming. I read um, Unraveled by Maxine uh, Beda. I don't know if you've read that. It's about, you know, the fashion industry and it's, you know, wonderfully researched, wonderfully informative and so depressing. So, you know, I closed the book and I was like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? So, you know, it's, um, it can be a very overwhelming subject. I like that quote quite a bit. Christina, is there anything else? Yeah, you know, I was just, yeah, I mean, this is is a little off the cuff, but I have to say that I think it's really interesting that also what I feel Paravel is able to offer is a platform is this sort of conversation where you can have these collabs with these other brands, like the way that you did for Christmas with the whole wrapping. I think that people really want to understand how to learn more. And I think through like the thoughtfulness of like, you know, who you're choosing to do these collaborations with will inform your customer of how to dig a little bit deeper. And I think that making a product and selling a product, which is obviously the business of it and having something tangible is beautiful, but to also be able to open up your customer's mind to saying, wow, look, I can have a beautiful pouch or zip thing and it's made out of this and that there's some pride with it. And I think that a lot of people get blocked because they don't understand how to be a part of the conversation, but there's a real ease with your product that I I see like can really open up that conversation and that thoughtfulness. Thank you. That's actually um, an important 
aspect and something that we're working on developing out further. Um, and, you know, that that will come out over time, sort of more of these partnerships and collaborations with like-minded brands, but also I've been working for a while on sustainable living series that comes out on sort of our, in our, to our email subscribers. And we spotlight other brands that we admire that are doing interesting work in this space. And it, it can be by any theme, you know, it can, whether it's a beach getaway or a back to school or a home. And it's allowed us to spotlight brands that are bringing something to the table that we're not brands that we admire brands that we learn from um, sort of a, just a diverse set of, of voices in the space because a lot of people are doing really admirable things and um, it's been nice to be able to sort of showcase other people's work that way. Love that. Wonderful. More sense of community all around, right? All right, lady. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been of really course. informative. I feel like I've learned things and it's what just a really, really ex- exciting thank to you talk so about much. all of this. We will talk more soon and have a okay. great day. Happy, 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 safe holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.